Well, it's been several weeks now uh, since we were able to, to meet because of the, the snow and the cold. Uh, but let's uh, continue our study of the book of Genesis this evening. When we last met, we read the first 11 verses of Genesis chapter 26. I want to consider just a few more lessons in this passage before we leave it. And since it's been a while since we read it, let's go back and begin this evening by reading Genesis chapter 26 and the first 11 verses. Genesis chapter 26 and beginning at verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, She is my sister, for he was afraid to say she is my wife, because he thought, Lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah, because she is beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah his wife. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, Quite obviously, she is your wife. So how could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I said, Lest I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the people might have lain with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. We already considered, in, when we had our last study, Isaac's faith in heeding the Lord's command not to go to Egypt. The Lord said, I'll take care of you if you stay in Canaan, that is. If you stay in Canaan, the land I've promised you, I will bless you. I will protect you. I will take care of you. You don't need to go to Egypt. And Isaac's faith had grown sufficiently that he obeyed and he stayed. And he did not leave the land of Canaan to go to Egypt. And God repeats all the promises that he made to Abraham. And so now the promises of grace that God made to Abraham, they're being handed down to Isaac. And those promises, just kind of a, an overview, God promised his presence with Isaac. He would be with Isaac. He promised his blessing, I will bless you. He promised once again the possession of the land of Canaan to Isaac and his descendants. And then he also said that in you, in your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So all the promises made to Abraham are now handed down to Isaac. But notice also in verse 5 there that they were handed down and made available to Isaac because of Abraham's faith. Verse 5 we read, Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Because he kept them, because he had faith, 
Those promises were given to him, and now Isaac has access to them because of Abraham's faith. And I think this is an important lesson for us and a type for us to understand that we have access to the blessings of God because of Jesus Christ, because of what he did. So in this particular case, Abraham is a type of Jesus, of Christ, and Isaac is a type of the believer. It's because of what Jesus did, we have access to all the promises of God's grace, beginning with eternal life. We didn't earn it. We were born into this family, but we were born because of Christ and what he did. First John 2 and verse 12, a couple of passages here that make this clear that we have access to these blessings because of Christ. And just like Isaac, before he could personally enter in and benefit from those blessings that were given to Abraham, Isaac also had to have faith. Now, they were based, they were made available because of Abraham's faith. But if Isaac was going to enjoy these blessings, he also had to believe God. And the same is true with us. Because of what Jesus did, we have access to the throne of grace, beginning with eternal life, but we have to believe that. We have to accept what Jesus did on the cross. We have to exercise faith before we can personally benefit from that salvation. And then as God's children, if we're going to enter into all the blessings that that are promised us as God's children, beginning in this life, that joy unspeakable and full of glory, to have joy in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of tears, to have the promise of answered prayer. If we're going to, all of that's available to us because of what Jesus did on the cross. But before I can personally benefit from answered prayer or wisdom and direction to make the right decisions that will lead to me doing the will of God and enjoying those benefits of doing the will of God now and and in eternity, I have to believe God. And so in 1 John 2.12, John wrote and he said, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake, because of what he did. And just like Isaac had these blessings given to him because of Abraham, it's the same with us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. No matter how long you've walked with the Lord, all the benefits that you have as a child of God, you have them because of what Jesus did on the cross. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Our blessings are only found in him, in the merit of his sacrifice as our substitute on the cross. For us to personally benefit from those, we have to exercise faith. It's there, but we have to enter in through believing God. Isaac exercised his faith in the promises of God in the face of the famine. God said, I'll bless you. I'll protect you. I'll provide for you. Isaac believed it and he stayed and God took care of him. Isaac and his family didn't die because of famine. And God will always keep his word. When we are faced with difficult trials, unwanted circumstances, may we not look for that quick way out. Egypt always seemed throughout Israel's history, even before they were a nation with Abraham and Isaac, Egypt always seemed to be the quick out to find a fix for what they needed. And 
specifically in case of famine, they, they have food. They're, they're a rich country, and they have food, and so let's go there. Oftentimes when we're in trials and when things are not going well, we look for the quick fix to get out of the trial, to relieve the issues, without stopping and asking the Lord for his direction. And sometimes he tells you to go. Sometimes he tells you to stay. But the point is, are we looking to him for that direction? Because in the will of God, he will always provide for our needs, spirit, soul, and body. So Isaac passed the first stage of this test. Don't go to Egypt. Stay in Canaan. He did. He miserably failed this second stage of the test concerning Rebecca. He lied once again, just like Abraham did. Abraham did it twice. But Isaac failed this test when facing the fear of the king of the Philistines, Abimelech, thinking that fearing, it says, clearly it says he feared that he might be killed because of the beauty of his wife. And we mentioned the custom there. It was not unusual for someone to, for a king, especially in this case, to kill a foreigner in order to take his wife. That was common practice. And so from the human standpoint, it was a legitimate fear. It very easily could have happened and happened many times. But what Isaac failed to understand that if God could take care and provide for Isaac in the face of a famine, why didn't he believe and understand that God could protect him from that situation? God had made some promises that through Isaac, he would have descendants and they would be more numerous than the stars. That's a promise that Isaac believed. Well, if Isaac got killed, that promise wouldn't come true, would it? And so there, there's a, there, there is a certain logic, not human logic, but there is a certain spiritual logic to faith. God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you and your descendants this land. You're going to be a blessing to all the nations. So wouldn't it stand to reason if that promise is true, he's not going to allow Abimelech to kill him. It just, it just makes sense. If you believe God's promise, and the same is true with us. We're not, I'm not trying to be hard on Isaac here because we've all had our moments of unbelief, even though they're like Isaac, we have faith in so many different areas of our life, but we are to surrender every area of our life, every aspect of every corner of our life. And it doesn't do any good to say, you know, I believe the Lord here. I trust the Lord for this and then for this, uh, but this one I'm going to worry about. This and I'm going to be afraid of. No, he will fulfill his word. He'll, he'll take care of every aspect of our life. Let's go to 1 John 4. Because of Isaac's fear, it produced a lie. Faith always produces truth. Fear produces lies. Because we do whatever we need to to protect ourselves if we are trying to do the protecting rather than trusting God to do it. As God's people, we need always to have a testimony of, of truth. We shouldn't allow fear to dictate our decisions, our choices, our words. In 1 John 4, verses 18 to 19, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. 
We love him because he first loved us. Now, this passage is dealing specifically with the faith that works by love that saves us to overcome the fear of eternal condemnation. That's where it starts. But the same principle applies to every area of our life. After we're saved, to, to walk by faith, fear will bring torment. It will bring shame. It will bring reproach, as it did in Isaac's case. Faith involves love. We love him because he first loved us, and therefore, because we know he cares for us, he gave us his son. How will he not with him give us all things, we're told. And so faith and love go hand in hand, and they always produce truth. Isaac's testimony suffered among his ungodly neighbors. Abimelech had to rebuke Isaac. That's a sad thing when the ungodly have to rebuke God's people. But, But he deserved it. He did put them in danger unnecessarily. First Thessalonians 4, verses 11 and 12. We, we can't partition off parts of our life and pretend that they have no impact on our spiritual life. Again, Isaac obeyed and passed the first test of faith. He stayed in Canaan, trusted the Lord to provide for his family. But then he failed in this area. God wants us to yield every area of our life to him, to believe him. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12, concerning that testimony among the unbelievers, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, in other words, the unbelievers, and that you may lack nothing. And so we are to surrender every area of our life, so that that testimony of faith will be seen by the unbeliever. Ephesians 4, 25 to 27. God's people are to be characterized by truth. Isaac's fear led him to lie. Oftentimes, God's people allow circumstances to dictate where they feel it is in their best interest to lie. Whatever the situation is, if they feel that a lie is going to protect them or benefit them in some way, they, they feel like they should do that. Not as a child of God. We are to be characterized by integrity and by truth. And Paul talks about this over and over again, Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, putting away lying, let every one of you speak truth with his neighbor, For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. One more in Colossians chapter 3. Just so we know that this is something that, that God wants us to lay hold of. That lying because of fear is not appropriate. It wasn't appropriate for Isaac. It wasn't necessary. And it isn't for us either. Colossians 3, 8 to 10. But now you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Paul's teaching is very practical. It deals with these everyday circumstances and situation, and yet many of God's people, many like to talk about having God's best in heaven and being the bride of Christ and all of these things. 
And they ignore these passages that tell us very specifically the kinds of words that we should speak, our attitudes, our our dealings with others. And these things, when we live by faith, it will transform our life. It'll change us, change how we think, change how we talk, change how we react to circumstances. This, This is the power of the grace of God, and only the grace of God can do this. This is not my nature. It's not your nature, not the the nature of Adam that we received, but the life of Christ in us. These virtues that we read here and the ability to overcome the, the acts of carnality, that power is within us if we will believe the promises of God. We can assume that Isaac learned his lesson. As he go, continues on, he stays in the land of Canaan, and we see his faith will continue to grow. In the next several chapters, we'll see that, that he learns how God protects him, even in the midst of, of those who want to bring him harm. And so we, we can understand that Isaac learned his lesson. He didn't repeat this mistake like Abraham did. Abraham did the made the same mistake twice, but here we only read Isaac did it once. He learned the lesson, and he went on. We can do the same, and just like uh, the testimony that was given, when we fall short of God's standard, God's grace is sufficient. God's not looking for ways to make us fail. He is constantly giving us opportunities to overcome, to succeed, even when and after we have miserably failed. His grace is always there to give opportunities. This is the way, walk in it. I'll give you the strength. I'll provide what you need. All the blessings of God are yours because of what Jesus did on the cross, but you have to enter into them by your own faith. You also have to believe the promises. I think we'll close there tonight rather than go on to chapter 26. There's a a number of good lessons here in in chapter 26 of Genesis, but... uh, Let's stop there and, and know that Isaac is going to return to a life of faith and obedience, but may we learn from his failures so that we don't have to make the same mistakes. Let's trust God to provide everything we need in this life and in eternity.